This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri with Brandon Rathert. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri with Brandon Rathert. Shown less crime, and what kind of crime is it stopping? Um, because, again, we have an equity issue, so you, if you have petty things, then you can do other means to stop that from oh happening. Oh, God, because we have equity. Have you looked at, do you have the stats of how this fuses video surveillance? Because equity, because y'all just go after the black people. You need to go after the white people more to make it, so you see, equitable. Here's one of the, and we, by the way, coming up 7.50 this morning, great story regarding uh, a, a U.S. Senate candidate in Colorado. You want to talk about equitable and equity is BS. Here's why I get mad when people talk, well, we got to start at the same same spot. I was born in, into an incredibly dysfunctional alcoholic home with an emotionally abusive Jekyll and Hyde drunk mother. And when people talk about, and look where I am today, mid-Missouri. So I get pissed when I hear people talk about, well, equitable, you weren't born with this, you weren't born with that. Uh, and that's why I want you to hear this story coming up 7.50 this morning. This guy, uh, the interesting thing about uh, equity, and that happened last night, city council meeting in Columbia talking about this. And I think these people that go up and comment, they, this this is not like adding a new video surveillance system. It gives Columbia police the ability to tap in and see what is already out there with the express written permission of business owners, whoever has these cameras up. And that shows how incredibly uneducated these, it's equity and whose crimes, they're not going to stop crimes. That's not what this is for. It's hopefully to deter crime. And what it's really for is, hey, okay, can we help arrest these people quicker these people just inherently don't understand what's going on i applaud them for showing up at city council meetings but uh my goodness what it was so that was a big the, thing fuses system last night city council in columbia you know there were there were there were a couple um, but i uh, your your point is well taken in that the cpd and chief uh, jones and assistant chief hunter have made it very clear they're not interested in doing general surveillance. No. Not, not only are they not interested, they don't have the staff. They would never allow it. They've made that clear. There's also a concern this will be used to target people of color. Yeah, uh, and that's the, the thing. The, and it's, they're saying, it's targeting people who commit crimes. Well, and that's, My God. that is in there. And also they are saying that there's no attempt by the city to add cameras for the purpose of general surveillance. These are privately owned, and it's going to be up to the businesses. So they, I think equity. they've made that very clear. Uh, make it more equitable. Brandon, the one thing that... They it, should arrest more white people. Is that what they mean when they say equitable? Are they saying arrest less people of color? And I hate that phrase, too. I'm of color. I got color. Uh, so are you wanting us to arrest less people of color? You want us to arrest not arrest people who are committing crimes or do you want us to make it more equitable do you want us to arrest more white people is that what we should be doing specifically going after white people to make it equitable to target people by the color of their skin these gosh you know the uh, the other issue that came up last night and obviously that got a lot of attention the vfw post is a big deal and we'll have an interview uh, coming up next hour that you, you've lined up is a good one. There's one quick point I want to make, and that is Ash Street. Ash Street between Scales and Providence. And I touched on this in the news uh, a couple times this week. But this gets back to the city reached out to all the residents up and down Ash Street. Some came forward, some did not. They did walkthroughs walk up and down the street. Um, and, and there was support and opposition to this plan, $2.6 million project. But the biggest thing we heard last night from residents along Ash Street is that 
basically they believe this this stretch of road is dangerous that people are speeding and they really want something done about it so the city has the money the, they, this was actually voter approved in 2015 2015 2.6 million dollars but we're looking at 2023 and they're looking at roundabouts to kind of solve the speeding problem. so they, yeah there's a speeding problem and then folks are saying well i give a damn about the safety if they have to widen sidewalks and all that that's going to infringe on my front yard and i guess if you're if you're making more than one faction of people mad you're doing something right is that the old adage and then then others are worried about the impact on trees um that's that was also a concern among some of the (laughs) they talk about ash street in columbia and there's a perception of crime on ash street Uh in columbia as well well and then uh and by the way i thought something really cool happened at another local city council meeting last night uh, it was actually in um, Jefferson City. Highlights from, and by the way, those those homes coming down eventually one day on on Capitol. That means something, John, because eventually something else could go there. I mean, there could be I don't know development or something to really enhance Jefferson City. That's why this stuff matters. I think. Yeah, and it it comes down to the bottom line money thing. You know, if there if there's individuals out there who like to rehab or are in the business of rehabbing historic homes, more power to them. But the consultant and city leaders said on the low side to fix up these dozen or so homes, talking four million bucks, and it's just you know the, the math doesn't work out. Uh, and to uh, Brian was talking about it. We have an attorney on the show coming up at seven thirty-five. Still trying to get my head around uh, around this whole thing. That's why we've invited attorney Marjorie Lewis to be on our show. She reps a former the former property owner uh, who didn't want property sold to go to the benefit of a homeless center. Interesting dynamics. There, we'll learn more from this story coming up at seven thirty-five. So. Uh, Columbia, the one of the flashpoints is homelessness yes. in Jefferson City. It's mulch. What happened with this mulch thing? <laughs> we will continue to mulch. <laughs> <laughs> it was people get used to. They're free. Basically, we can get to get the mulch stuff, the composting stuff for uh, for free. But I thought this was cool. City Councilman Ron Fitzwater was talking with his uh, somebody Friday at the Jefferson City Chamber event, state of the city and county event. Uh, with John Marsh, and somebody said, you know, this is a pretty hot issue. And it is. I, it did turn into kind of a thing. And City Councilman Ron Fitzwater last night in Jefferson City saying, hey, you know what? Maybe we could have handled this better. We probably fumbled this one initially. And I think the public weighing in gives us that opportunity to reconsider. So I always appreciate when a politician can say, hey, you know what? We messed up. I always think ownership, anytime you, ownership of you making a mistake, and I don't know if he was speaking for him personally, he said, uh, we, so composting. It's Ron's contention, and I just talked to him Saturday at length about this, whether you're talking about several of the Jefferson City issues, the the composting one being the, the current one. He was, he's been critical of the council and leadership for trying to run things through too fast without allowing some discussion time. And like we've seen this week, they've put off tearing down any more homes for another month. So maybe things are moving in the right direction. Was that the same issue? Kind of not enough uh, time for the public to digest what's happening with their taxpayer money with the uh, uh, the uh, workforce development housing, affordable yeah, housing. Exactly. Huh. And the same deal, they, they went around in circles there a little bit on the 
the raises for Jefferson City government employees too. Mm-hmm. That one, that one kind of went the other way, where they delayed any taking it up for for weeks, if not months. Homelessness, composting, Ashland. What's the big <laughs> issue in the city of Ashland? I mean, it's land. I mean, we've got a lot of development going on. So you see the thing about homelessness and what property can be used for you know and we have concerns about that i mean we we were redoing our land uh use code right now but anytime people propose to build new houses or a new business we do get a lot of feedback about you know how is this going to impact the traffic can we support the infrastructure and what do the neighboring uh folks feel about it so you know a lot of local government stuff does come down to property we do have a composting site that the city contracts with that you can take your yard waste um it's and it's and not a lot of people know about it, um, but it is helpful because otherwise people will burn their yard waste. They'll throw it in the creek, mm-hmm. um, which are both bad options. Um, or, you know, they'll try to stick it in the dumpster. And it, and it really does look bad. I mean, th- I've used this composting place when I lived in Jefferson City. I went out there quite a bit. But, yeah, I mean, it's just, it, I mean, it's, you're, no, you're not- giggling. But, like, Columbia has bad trash issues already, <laughs> right? Like, compa- add yard waste to the already bad Mm. trash issues Columbia has and and it just compounds so I mean I do think it's important that cities that's a service that especially you know if you're in a city with no trees but like I mean (laughs) if you live in Jefferson City (laughs) you have a lot of yard waste I mean I remember (laughs) spending weekends and you just go around picking up sticks because there's so many trees the sticks break off and you just have wheelbarrows full of sticks Mm. I mean it's it's a big deal in Jeff City uh, did you know there's such thing as commercial human composting? What? Yeah, and it's just as weird as it sounds. Uh, Explain I, it to us. So, basically, <laughs> so you know, like when you die, you get your ashes or get buried in the ground. By the way, in case I have no close loved ones to me when I die, if we're all still knowing each other, I just cremate my, don't take up space. You want to be composted? I don't want to be composted either because this is weird. Do you want us to set your urn in the studio? <laughs> uh, no, set him out at the curb. <laughs> uh, just take me to a front yard in Jefferson City and burn my remains. <laughs> um, but human composting. So, in California, has just just recently legalized this, and there's a number of states that allow residents to co- compost their bodies after death, which is the way you want to do it. You don't want to do it before death. Uh, A new law signed by the governor directs California officials to develop regulations for the practice known as natural uh, organic reduction. Washington, man, you go Washington, Oregon, California. They're first for all, all this crazy stuff. Colorado. Colorado. You can put them a close fourth there, too. Washington became the first state in the nation to legalize human composting, followed by Colorado and Oregon. Vermont, man, you got all the usual suspects in this stuff. Uh, but as Vermont, which, huh? Maybe, maybe that's where Bernie's headed. <laughs> but the, is it, are you burned first, and it's just your ashes, or it's your actual body that's decomposing? Because composting is like a decomposing of something that's not ashes. Doesn't it take like six hundred years for a cigarette butt to decompose? How long does it take for a human body to decompose? Under the law, human composting will be allowed. The process involves placing human remains in a steel box with biodegradable materials. So you don't just do the ashes. <laughs> you actually put the put the dead body in your in your yard? In your compost bin. I've also heard of people like being turned into trees. Have you seen that? I'm thinking of the scene from Fargo where 
He stuffs that body into the wood chipper. Oh, man. Where is our funeral director, wake up Columbia family member who calls in when we start to talk about ashes? But Last time we talked about ashes, we got a complaint at the front desk. About at all. Oh. About being morbid. We, but, no, we were being disrespectful. Oh. Well, yeah. And just so you know, when we talk about ashes and uh, composting human remains, we are not being disrespectful. We're just talking about... Isn't what we already do human composting? We put people in a box and their body disintegrates? Well, this, I think, is what you do is like you put your the, the body in with some other... In composting, how do... What do we mean? And it takes only like 30 days. Yeah, old coffee grounds and stuff. <laughs> Right. If you're going to compost, like, in your kitchen, you know, you might have a small compost bin. You might put your fruit peels in there, and it just kind of slowly rots and breaks down, and it eventually turns into soil. You know, you can add worms in there, and they kind of help with the decomposition process, and you get some really rich soil because you're putting nutrients from, like, your veggie peels and food scraps into new soil, basically. There you go. Float it in front of the egg, Major. Sure. <laughs> I will say, like, one of the reasons I think I'm in favor of cremation is just because I'm cheap and, like, I, I don't mm. want to make people pay for, like, a fancy box or yeah. something. Um, and according to the interwebs, human composting is slightly cheaper than cremation. Yeah. So if you're really not wanting to pass those costs along, you could do that. Well, I don't have a whole lot of details, but I feel like there's kind of a death movement happening maybe in some of the, the ritzier states in our country. A lot of people just don't want to have to pay for an expensive <sighs> funeral, and people are finding kind of innovative ways to deal with their bodies after they pass away. The thing I think is really fascinating is the cryo, like the freezing me, because maybe eventually science will be, be able to bring me back to Walt life. Disney. <laughs> There's a chance. There's a, that's a thing. <laughs> it is a thing. Uh, Isn't there some sort of conspiracy about the movie Frozen and Walt Disney? So then <laughs> after you compost Grandma's body... Mix it up in like 30 days, and then you go out and you throw it in the garden. And it's supposed to be produce re- remarkable tomatoes. Chris says we need to preface this entire conversation with the words, with all due respect. With all due respect. No offense, no but. Offense. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri with Brandon Rathert. It's, oh, it's 727. Uh, we get behind whenever we start talking about what to do with a human body <laughs> after it's deceased, which by Oops. the way, we got to cover human composting. Can we do this some more at 810? And mm. I'll remember to do it because this is an interesting topic. It begs a lot of other questions as it relates to what to do with human bodies. Uh, after they die. But right now... And the importance of finding a good attorney. Yeah, so that way, We already yes. found one, Stephanie. Yeah, well, not right that here. kind of attorney. We've done that. We have found a good attorney over a year Check. and a half ago. We've got that. All that's left to do now is die and put the program into action. Uh, all right, what's hot with Hannah today? So, you know, I was really excited a couple weeks ago about Hocus Pocus 2. Me and most of the world were highly anticipating the sequel. And it was okay. It was good, but it wasn't, you know, sequels are just kind of sequels. Except for Top Gun Maverick. Yeah, I still haven't seen that one either. They're playing it at Lakeside Ashland soon, I heard. Okay. But A Christmas Story is getting a sequel, and it comes out next month on HBO Max. You know, A Christmas Story, the kid, you'll shoot your eye out. Yeah. Ralphie with the bunny costume. This movie is going to feature Ralphie as an adult, and he's trying to provide his kids with, like, a magical Christmas like he had growing up. What actors are in this movie? Um, So, Ralphie, the original Ralphie, the Peter Billingsley, is returning to the movie. So, it's the original Ralphie 
Um, and I don't know any of the other people in the trailer. Okay. But the trailer's posted on the Wake Up Facebook page if you want to check it out. See Ralphie all grown up. You know, that's one of the few movies, talk about great movies that some folks have never seen. People that have never seen like uh, Titanic, The Wizard of Oz, some of those great people have never seen Star Wars movies. I've never seen uh, that movie, the Christmas movie you're talking about. I've never seen it all the way through. Really? Marsh, have you ever seen it all the way through? Yeah, that's a, that's the a one that our poor uh, Senate Majority Leader gets compared to looking like Ralph. <laughs> <laughs> Mitch McConnell. Well, so I visited Lakeside Ashland for the first yeah. time on Friday night. And do you know what movie I showed the kids? What's that? E.T. <gasps> they had never seen it before, oh. and they are obsessed. They loved E.T. That Like, the moment where they open the closet and he's they have, her, have him yeah. dressed up. Home. They giggled so much. It was a wonderful moment. That is a beautiful uh, movie. And so we were talking about uh, human commercial human composting in the Netherlands. They're building mushroom coffins. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri with Brandon Rathard. Democratic policies have harmed the economy, then helped it. Mm. It's not the only reason they see for this, but they're reasoning out of results, right? Yeah. They're feeling a pinch. Parties in power. Okay. Must be doing something wrong. All right. That's CBS talking about polling and how we as a nation feel about the economy. And I get it. I think, I think that. The nation, I think the state of Missouri, I think us right here in mid-Missouri, uh, I think producer Hannah, I mean, I don't mean to speak for you, but I think I can speak for you and Brian Housworth. You can't speak for me. John Marsh <laughs> and myself, I think we all feel the same about the economy. Yeah. Excuse me. Uh, <laughs> welcome into the show. Welcome, <laughs> My goodness. <laughs> Stop it. Uh, you know, listen, especially when we're bringing an attorney into the show uh, here. You know, I want you guys to knock off this nonsense behavior. I want to welcome into the show. Sorry. Uh, My Mar bad. Marjorie Lewis, an attorney at law. Big, so this is a constant battle in the city of Columbia. And I want to be clear here on something. And having done a lot of work with homeless people over the year, interviewed homeless people, I did a documentary on homelessness. This is something I'm not being callous when I talk about the facts as it relates to being homeless. And I think there are some things that we could do as it relates to homeless families, but it's different than the homeless people that I've worked with over the years. City Council meeting last night. Brian, what's the big takeaway as it relates to homelessness in Columbia? Yeah, I think in a, in a nutshell here, um, the bottom line is that the City Council, despite opposition from the community, mm -hmm. I want to make sure I call because they changed the name, the Loop Community Improvement District, essentially Carrie Gardner's group, um, the Business Loop CID, they obviously have serious concerns. Despite those concerns, Concerns Columbia's Council approves the purchase of VFW property just north of the business loop, $865,000 cost. That location will be used for a homeless shelter and services for the homeless. Federal ARPA money will be used to pay for the $865,000 project. That's really the Reader's Digest version. And one of the folks that was against that was uh, somebody who was representing the trust of a person who sold the land. It's a kind of, there's a bunch of different things happening in this story. So let me start here. Uh, Marjorie Lewis, we welcome you into Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Thanks for taking time out of your day to be with us. So you're representing the trust of somebody who used to own this land, adamantly against the sale of this land for this purpose, and I want to talk about that. Well, they don't own it now, but they did own it, which I think is interesting. But what was the main opposition to the folks that you represented? What's the main opposition to selling the land for this purpose? 
Hi, good morning. Um, so are you talking, are you asking me what our main opposition is? Yeah. Okay, yeah. So our main opposition is really that we have two historic family homes that are right next to the VFW property and right next to the proposed, you know, Opportunity Campus. Um, and I don't know if you've seen them, but we submitted, um, we've submitted a couple letters to the city council to explain our position in detail. Um, and we've also submitted pictures. There is a, you know, there's a substantial homeless, homeless camp on the property um, where the houses are located. Um, you know, I mean, it's, the pictures are quite shocking. You know, there's a one tent that appears to be a 10 person tent with tile floors. And, you know, there are other smaller tents. You know, it's, it's a community where people are actively living despite having the police called multiple times. Um, you know, and it's, um, you know, it's unfortunate. But, you know, one of the persons, um, one of the homeless persons in the area killed, you know, my client's cat. Um, you know, and I know that, and I'm like you, what you said. I mean, it. we obviously have great sympathy for, you know, the unsheltered or homeless population. And, and it's not that any of us are uncaring. It's just that it is, you know, greatly impacting, you know, the life and property value for my clients. All right. Our guest attorney, Marjorie Lewis, represents the trust of somebody who sold the land to. And this is the uh, the other thing is, and I'm guessing this is on the up and up. I, I don't think this about Betsy Peters, city councilwoman in Columbia. I don't think this about her for a second. But I thought that was kind of odd that Betsy Peters, who sits on the city council, buys the land and is now uh, selling that, sold it, or there is an agreement to sell it. Uh, I'm guessing there's nothing untoward there with councilwoman Betsy Peters, is there? Yeah, not that I'm aware of. Okay. Um, I know that I know that she is greatly concerned about the homeless population. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the I think from my client's point of view, the only you know the only concern on that issue um, from their perspective really is they they weren't told that this was a you know a possible use for the property. Um, certainly. If they had been, you know, told that they wouldn't have sold it to her. There were multiple offers on the property, um, and you know, and some of which were higher. And so that, you know, that unfortunately is concerning. Um, so let me ask you this: on, on that end, with okay, so I don't own the property anymore. Um, was there something in a contract that would have stipulated, "Hey, we want to know what you were selling it for"? Uh, and I agree with you guys on the homelessness stuff, wrong place for it and all that. Uh, but is, is is there something to say, well, your client doesn't own the property anymore. They don't have any say-so. You know, I understand that argument mm-hmm. also. Okay. Um, and I think in a, in a, in, in some respects, that's great. That's correct. I mean, I think we all are for property rights and for people to, to make the most out of, out of the property. And certainly, a lot of times I'm, I'm on the other side of this issue. I mean, a lot of times I'm representing the developer, um, but always the neighbors have a say. It also, and it, you know, protects their own property values. I mean, I can't, you can't forget that this is a property, my client's property that in 2010 went before the city council and asked for a rezoning from R1 to, um, 
M1, and that was turned down. And so it's been sitting here as R1 property all these years. And, you know, now there's a move to um, greatly change the, the, the use of the surrounding properties. And the intent is to rezone the VFW property um, to a zoning that allows for homeless shelters. All right, our guest uh, this morning here on Wake Up Mid-Missouri, Marjorie Lewis. She is an attorney. She's been representing folks that have been against uh, putting this homeless shelter where it looks like it might be going. Yeah, uh, Brandon, thank you so much. Ms. Green, we, or Ms. Uh, Lewis, I appreciate you uh, joining us here. I also want to point out I've been reporting correctly. It's an $865,000 cost. That said, they are also going to have to come up with $437,000 for improvements in that building. That's flat out in the report. So that's on top of the $865,000. Uh, I appreciate you letting us know about the homeless camp. I'm aware of that out there. My question is this. There is opposition to, in addition to your concerns from this, this business loop uh, community improvement district, specifically Carrie Gardner. And she is saying in her two-page letter that the businesses up and down the business loop saw increased vandalism and theft when a car camp was located on the business loop. She wants to know what the plan is for those not admitted into the Opportunity Center, which is the homeless shelter. What's the plan for those not admitted due to violence, drug or alcohol possession or other violations of the center's policies? Your thoughts on their opposition? We completely agree with their opposition. And I've talked, um, you know, myself or other people in my office have talked to a lot of the business owners um, in the area of this planned improvement. And, and they, you know, they share those sentiments. Um, some of them are reluctant to come out and speak because, you know, unfortunately, it's, it, you know, some people see it as that you are uncaring if you want to come out and speak mm-hmm. against, um, you know, this location for the homeless shelter. But, yeah, we, we greatly share those concerns. Um, and, you know, the people that I've talked to and, um, you know, one of the persons that spoke last night mentioned the same concerns. I mean, they've got, um, you know, people taking advantage of their bathrooms and messing up the bathrooms. There's trash. You know, there's, I mean, there, there are a lot of things that go with having, um, you know, homeless or unsheltered people um, that are congregated in an area like that. And I think that that's also a concern is that, you know, this, this opportunity campus is going to have a lot more than a homeless shelter. And it's going to have, you know, washers and dryers, you know, a dog kill. Yep. And butterflies and unicorns, and they're going to bring in rainbows, and it's going to be just a real happy place. There's not going to be any problems. Our guest, Attorney Marjorie Lewis, uh, representing folks that are uh, not happy with where their homeless shelter would be going. Como Buzz was reporting that um, that the letter you had sent in did say that you had a concern over um, a conflict of interest rules and the possible loss of funding um, that um, and the rules that specifically bar public officials from benefiting from federal block grants. Is that still a concern, and can you elaborate on that? Yeah, that is a concern, and I, I have not done personally done a lot of research on it. I know that um, you know, I've I've got a, had an experience with HUD type projects in the pra- uh, past, and so I'm generally familiar with the conflict of interest rules. I do know that the city attorney's office is conducting quite a bit of research in into that issue, but also HUD has a legal, um, you know, an in-house legal department. I believe they're based in Kansas City, 
and I know they will be looking at this in great detail also. It's a, you know, getting through the HUD process is a pretty onerous process, not only from the conflict of interest rules, but also from, you know, the environmental regulations. And, you know, there just are a lot of um, details yeah. that you have to comply with. Ms. Lewis, and I thought it was something, this is kind of a different topic, and I do have to get moving forward here, or else producer Hannah is going to get mad at me, and rightfully so, because I'm not going to be running on time. But it's it's interesting, you said something about, um, you know, it's not that we're cold-hearted or callous in our discussions about homelessness, and I think the problems we see with, with the crime and the feces and these business owners downtown where city leaders promote it, I don't understand what city leadership has done over the past years. Come to the Wabash bus station at night and uh, will you stay there? And then that's, that's become a de facto homeless resource. People just hang out around that bus. They do. I, I drive right by that bus station five days a week. They hang out there. We know the problems inherently that it brings. It doesn't mean that we lack heart. It just means that we have common sense when you have city leadership. And I do appreciate that they're trying to say we got to do something else but i've never understood why they would promote this element coming into downtown because they also promote to people like me hey come downtown and spend your money it's kind of hard to do when i'm walking in front of the business and the owners out there with a snow shovel shoveling away feces on almost a daily basis these things are 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 real but your point about um you know, it is because we speak, it doesn't make us heartless. And I saw last night at the city council meeting, you know what happens when frostbite hits? And then, yeah, we know, but it doesn't mean you should take money out of Stephanie Bell's wallet and throw it at throw it at this thing. Miss um, Lewis, I guess it wasn't just a question. That was just, I hear what you're, <laughs> what you're saying on that. And I know you had to go through a couple of hoops to make yourself available to us this morning here on Wake Up Mid-Missouri. So we do appreciate that, okay? Well, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. All right. Thank you. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri with Brandon Rathard. Back uh, almost 40 years ago. Um, so I've had to work uh, my entire life. Nothing's been given to me. And, and so I understand the plight of, of working Americans and how hard it is to kind of make things add up at the kitchen table. That is Joe O'Day. He is a Republican U.S. Senate candidate in Colorado facing a Democratic 13-year incumbent. And I love that because I get frustrated. And we heard this last night, city council meeting in Columbia. Equity. We have an equity problem. These people inherently don't know what they're talking about. And this the way it came up the city council meeting in Columbia last night, the system that would allow Columbia police to tap into uh, cameras that are already in use in downtown with express written permission, this would be a tool that Columbia police say, hey, can we tap into your system? Good. So when something happens, we can catch these people. So when I hear equity, especially as it relates to crime. Because, again, we have an equity issue. So if you have petty things, then you can do other means to stop that from happening. So in other world crime, you know, we have an uh, we have equity. We have an unequal a number of black people in the county jail. Well, then tell the black, what do you want us to do, arrest more white people? Or do we need education in certain parts of town? Well, uh, listen, uh, don't, don't commit crimes. Uh, and then you uh, don't go uh, to jail. So I get upset when I hear, and I think about my own life story, what I was born into. I get frustrated when I hear about Equity, equity. Uh, but the Senate nominee, uh, John, uh, Joe Day, uh, he dropped out of school. Uh, and you heard some of his story there. He said, you know, I'm born into nothing. Now the guy in Colorado, when I say he might have a decent chance of winning that Senate seat, I mean, 
He doesn't have a chance, but he looks good in the poll numbers. Well, and he started a business. Yeah. And I think there's a debate right now of whether you whether it's better to go to a four-year institution yep. or just do some hands-on work. You know, growing up, both of my parents, my dad was an electrician, went to the Marines, never went to college. My mom didn't go to college, started her own business, ended up going back later in life. Um, but yeah, there, there's a lot of folks out there. If I had to vote between the guy who opened his own construction company and the guy who went to Harvard... Uh, nine times out of ten, um, if the issues were aligned, I think I would vote for the hardworking person who had to dig in and who knows how to run a business. Because there's, there's a huge difference between running a business, knowing a bottom line, <laughs> knowing how the economy affects that, and, and sitting in a classroom and being able to memorize facts out of a book. And I'll pick Joe O'Day any day, I think. And I think locally, we look across mid-Missouri, Connie Leppard, candidate for Boone County Commissioner. I mean, kind of... You know, there are some parallels. She's she. What she does as a contractor of the construction business, especially as a female, uh, it's pretty uh, pretty astounding. Also, this came up last night on a national level. There's several things that happened yesterday uh, that I'm I'm hopeful that the time. So remember, there was going to be the big red tide, and then at the beginning of the summer, you had the uh, the Hobbs decision at Supreme Court and Dobbs, Dobbs decision at Supreme Court, and then. Uh, all of a sudden, it wasn't going to be a big red wave, and maybe now we're going back to that. And there were several, I think, important things that happened yesterday. I was looking through our records one time, one time here on the show. Have we ever mentioned the TV show, The View? It's, to me, insignificant. I know some people are like, did you hear what Whoopi Goldberg, I don't care what Whoopi Goldberg said. You know what I care about? I care about what John Marsh said. What about I, what Kanye says? I care about, unless it favors <laughs> me or, it, or, or it's in line with, Rock. with what I'm thinking. 